Hey everybody and welcome to Listen Money Matters. It's better to do nothing with your money than do something you don't understand. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking t- today, this morning? What, what time is it? I have no idea. It's early um, <laughs> and I'm good because I'm drinking Shalafali. I, th- I think I got it right. Okay, you think you said it right and, this time? You know, yeah, and so I see the words Indian Pale. I assume you know, it's just going to be an IPA. Yeah. I was telling you about it. You're like, oh, is that an IPL? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's why it's not so better. It's an Indian pale lager, and it is nice. so good. What about you, dude? I am drinking a homemade concoction. I am drinking my own beer today. I made this. Fresh, is... out of the, fresh out of the kegerator this morning. It's call, I'm calling it brunch mm. because it tastes like a mimosa. <laughs> it tastes like a mimosa. All right. Well, listen, uh, if you... Want to send us in some catchphrases? Please join the Listen Money Matters community on Facebook by visiting listenmoneymatters.com slash community to send in new catchphrases. We have a very, very special guest on the show today. She's an author, a financial advisor, a speaker, a television, and a podcast host. You probably know her best from her guest appearance on season six Episode five of the hit television program Thirty Rock, starring no, okay, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That, that is an accolade, but it's my favorite. You probably know her best from the Susie Orman Show or one of her six consecutive New York Times bestsellers. Boy, friend, let's get it straight. Nine, okay. let's get nine. It straight. You got to get it straight now. Nine. <laughs> and what are you talking about? Thirty Rock? Didn't you watch Saturday Night Live? Didn't I... you see how many times a Kristen Wig impersonated me? And you're impressed by Rock. <laughs> Are you just both? And what is this that it's early? What are it's... you talking about? <laughs> Look, I start drinking at nine. Me? I've been up for like God knows how many hours. I should be going to sleep by now. And no, the boys, they just got up and they're drinking. Hope. You know, it's early for drinking. But if, hey, if, uh, if you don't think it's early for drinking, then by all means, next time I'm not going to say that. All right. No, no problem. All right. <laughs> all right. Nine, nine consecutive New York Times bestsellers. And her latest book is a revised and updated 2018 version of her popular bestseller, Women and Money. Susie Orman, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I'm happy to be here because you two sound as crazy as I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That is a that is quite the compliment. I will take it. And I'm going to take should. a sip of beer here. You now. absolutely should. Mm. I'll take I'll take some of my herbal tea. Has it got booze in it? <laughs> a little. <Let's>, we, <laughs> uh, right. You know, when in Rome. So uh, let's start off by asking the question about why a book about money just for women. What do you think are some of the biggest personal finance differences across genders for that? All right, so let's get real. Have you been watching the news lately? Mm. Have you been seeing all the sexist stuff that is going on about yeah. women who have been violated, the Me Too movement. Now, obviously, not everything happened that was related to money, but if you just think about it, everybody, why did many of the women do things that they did not want to do? Like, who would have wanted to do it with Harvey Weinstein? Are you kidding me? I've seen right. him in person. You have got to be kidding me. He's like a but goat. That, <laughs> well, that's a nice way to describe him. But but the truth of the matter is, is that women will do anything to take care of their families. Mm-hmm. Women have the ability to give birth in most cases. They have the ability to feed that which they've given birth to in most cases. So it is their nature to nurture. 
sweethearts, they will go out there and they'll make more money than you have ever even seen in your life. But they will take that money and they will make sure that everybody else is nurtured with it. And then by the time they are 50, 60 years of age and all these crazy things have happened to them, they -hmm. will say, what about me? Women can be as powerful as they are meant to be. Women can have the ability to say, no, I'm not doing that with you when they know they don't need the money. You will say yes if you want the job, the part, the promotion, the pay to take care of your family. But if you have money, if you're powerful over the money that you have, you have the ability to say, are you crazy? So the time has come once again for me to say, all right, ladies, you're finding your voice and speaking up and saying me too. Now I want you to say money as well. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is specifically uh, for women um, as opposed to, say, any other gender? Well, the only other gender that's out there is the one that's doing it to the women. And if, you know, so I don't think men have to worry about it too much. You yeah. know, men are used to for years now, and this is obviously changing where, you know, I was, I gave a talk the other day and boy, did I rock the house to a sold out crowd at the Apollo, which yeah. by the way, will Hashtag be shown- humble brag. Yeah, <laughs> a big humble brag. You stand on that stage and you do what I did that night, boy. Friends. Oh, I couldn't. Right? <laughs> I'd be too afraid but, to get up there. Right. But it will be shown October 1st at 8 p.m. on the Oprah Winfrey Network. So all of you should mark your calendars to see a house that was rocking about money. But what's interesting is that, you know, even there, I was being miked by a man. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, a woman better bike me. Like everybody now is so afraid to do anything wrong. So the message mm-hmm. is starting to get out, but there are still things that are going on. There are still things that are coming out about people and not all men have gotten it yet. So it's very simple. Men usually the way they've been raised, get it right when it comes to money. Women do you know, they just, they're givers. They just always say yes. And it's their nature, not yes, just to the sexual stuff, but yes, sister, you can have this $5,000 that I've lent you three times that you've never paid me back, even though I don't want to give it to you. A man would say, no way. Don't even ask me again. Are you kidding me? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say all men because I've definitely given away a lot of money to friends and, you know, I've been burned a few times. And would you do it again? No, learn my lesson. Well, guess what? A woman doesn't necessarily learn her lesson. Why do you think that is? Is that is that because there's not education in place for that? No, it has nothing to do with education. It has to do with, in my opinion, women do not say what they are thinking. They do not do what they are feeling. They say yes out of fear of what others will think about them Mm -hmm. versus no out of love for themselves. Women give of themselves more than they give to themselves. Women do it all. They're the ones that are volunteering. They're the ones who are taking care of the parents in most cases, the kids, the pets, the plants, everybody. Women do it all. So if it's, um, you know, by nature, what can they do to not necessarily combat their nature, but perhaps uh, do what? Because I think that's some of the, the most endearing qualities of of women and, and why they can be successful is they have these attributes that men don't. So how can they use <laughs> these to their advantage? 
Andrew, you're so cute. I can see you, but I have not let any of them see me, everybody. But um, here's the thing. I'm not asking you to change your nurturing ways. I'm asking you to turn your nurturing ways onto yourself, especially single women out there that have kids. They make sure that their kids are totally dressed in a great way, that they're going to school and their school's been paid for, and yet they don't have a pot to pee in. So it's not about changing your caring and loving attitude, your female tendencies. It's just to include yourself in them. And the book Women and Money is all about that. It's about teaching you how you need to be smart, strong, and secure, teaching you how not to put yourself on sale, teaching you to know who you are and what you're worth, and teaching you a financial empowerment plan created just for you. And by the way, this book isn't just for women. Mm. This book is really for everybody, especially the men who have women in their lives to understand why women are different than you, emotionally speaking, and what they do with money, and that if you can come together as one with the woman in your life, you're not going to end up in divorce like one out of two couples do today with arguments over money. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about the, the divorce elephant in the room. But but before that, um, I think you made a killer point. And, and one of the, the things you allude to in the book is that uh, women perhaps might be undervaluing themselves. And, and I guess my question to you is, what does it really mean to value yourself? Because I, I would guess that if I went out and asked a bunch of women if they said they if, if they value themselves, they would say yes. You I don't know? think and, so. And is I it don't enough? Think so. Right? You don't it's, think so, you said. No, I don't think so. It's don't ask them if they value themselves. Ask them if they're getting paid as much as they want to. Mm. Ask them if they charge their customers as much as they want to. Ask them why they don't. So obviously I spend time in New York. And I'm used to spending a lot of money on a haircut and hair color. I come here to Florida. I go the other day to this woman and she spends three hours fixing a color job that somebody else screwed up on me. Okay. She spends three hours fixing the color job, recutting my hair, giving me a condition. And, I, and you know what the bill was with product that she was going to send me home for? $135. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? You just spent three hours with me. And she said, Susie, I'm afraid to charge more. Now, I ended up giving her a three or $400 tip because really, when you spend that kind of time with somebody, charge for yourself. I said, why don't you? Mm. She said, I'm just afraid. So I'll give you an example. The other day, my niece, Lauren, she's a shoe designer. She's working in New York City, and she feels like she deserves a raise. So she talks to her boss, wants a $3,000 a month raise because of everything that she's doing. And this was one of the top designers for Kevin Cole and all the Kenneth Cole and all these companies a while ago and took a break and now has come back. She's worth every penny of it even at that. And her boss was like, ah, maybe yes, maybe no, we'll see. She went to see the women and money talk that I gave at the Apollo. That night, she went home. She sent an email to her boss who's in Europe, so time zones worked, then, and, and called. And it was, she demanded the $3,000 raise because she was empowered. She got it on the spot. He did not hesitate. 
So when you start hanging around other powerful women, when you read powerful messages that ring true for you and literally change your financial molecules within your soul, then you stop putting yourself on sale. You start understanding that you are the reason you have been the obstacle in your own path to financial freedom, that if you demand more from a place of authority, oh, you will get it. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Susie. Before we get to the next questions, uh, we have we have way more we have way more questions that we want to ask you. Uh, before we do, we just need to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. All right, we are back. So I, I get the the fear piece. I mean, you said like if I could get on the stage for the Apollo, and I most <laughs> certainly could not do that. Um, but but what you're suggesting is is you just have to push through it and and ask for for what you are afraid to ask for. Uh, you have to it. ask for what you're worth. Now, obviously, you have to lay out the reasons why you should get a raise. Do it tactfully. And... Do it tactfully. But I think the question is not, can I have a raise? And then your boss says to you, no. And then what right. are you going to say? You okay. say, can I have a 15 or 20% raise? Could you yeah. please give me a 15 or 20% raise? So specific. This is why. No, it's like you give them a choice. Mm. It's not a, you never uh, give anybody a yes or no answer. It's all a question that can be answered in yes or no. You always give them, well, can I have 15 or 20%? Now what's your boss going to say to you? It takes a strong boss to say neither. Yeah. It's very easy if you say, can I have a raise for them to say, I don't think so. Nope. Then you have no comeback. But you have to really, here's the key, you have to make those that you are dependent on a paycheck for dependent upon you. Once somebody is dependent upon you, you can write your own ticket. Like Lauren's boss knew how much Lauren was worth. She spent a year proving to them what she can do for that business. And even with a $3,000 a month raise, she is still totally undervaluing herself because she could have really, she should be making $250,000, $500,000 a year like she used to be making. So it's, do you understand? So you have to have that faith. Now, what was, what happened to Lauren from the time that she asked? And he said, well, we'll see. We'll talk about it when I get back to when she talked to him 24 hours later. And he said, yes, on the spot. It was her mm-hmm. conviction and her fearlessness and her powerlessness that she was able to step into her powerless, her power rather than her right. powerlessness, right? right but right. Susie, you see, it's early. I'm drinking too much. <laughs> it right? is early. And, and so whatever. Less vodka in the tea. <laughs> Little vodka, whatever. <laughs> and so that's like, and so, but it was her conviction in her belief in herself with the intensity, people, that I'm talking to all mm. of you about that transformed his answer to her so so that is is a super empowering and and inspiring story and i think that uh it's easy to to hear that and and then be confident to go out and do it and i think the the unfortunate side is that a lot of times and and it's not only women although i imagine it happens maybe more to women is that they go for it and perhaps the boss like literally shuts them down says no and or, or punts it, you know, like yeah, exactly. Like, let's yeah. talk about it in three months. Yeah, I hear um, that a lot. One thing that I always thought was interesting is if you like uh, interviewed for a job and they're willing to pay you more, 
knowing you for like two hours over someone who's been working with you for years. Like it, you'd be crazy not to go. So if a woman asks for what they believe they deserve and, and their boss doesn't come back and say, not 15, I'll give you five, or, or, or they just say like, no, what do you think they should do? You know, there comes a time in every person's life, not just women, men face this as well. And that is why it's important within the Women and Money book to follow the financial empowerment plan. Because when you have no credit card debt, you have an eight-month emergency fund, you have been saving in your retirement accounts, you've got everything in place like it should be, you become far more powerful. And when you're working at a place that undervalues what you do, then I'm here to tell you the world undervalues who you are. And that's when you have to make a choice. Am I going to stay where people do not recognize my value? Or am I going to say, then that's it. I'm going to find a place where I can spend time, where people don't play with me, where I'm more than just a bottom line. And I'm going to see what else is out there. Now, you don't quit on the spot. But you start going out and you start interviewing and you see what you can find and what else is out there. You just don't settle for less. You know, when you limit anything, you limit everything. The very first year that I was on CNBC with the Susie Orman show, I worked that entire year on that network without a contract. Oh, I didn't wow. like the contract that they had offered me. But I was in a position where I already had a lot of money. I already was totally fine. I was kind of doing it because let's see what can happen. And because I love being on the air and I love television. And so they were like, really? Like they were like, uh-huh. Within one year, it was the number one rated show on CNBC. You can bet your wow. booty that the second year, not only did I get paid for the first year and the other years and the bonuses, but it was well worth my while. Now, what allowed me to do that? It's because I followed my own financial empowerment plan that's in the book. I made sure that I didn't need that job. I wanted that job. When you need something and you're one paycheck away from bankruptcy, you have rendered yourself powerless. And when you are powerless, you repel people. They know they have you. Mm. I mean, do you know so that true. all the men that prey on all these women, they target, they're like predators. They target women that they see are powerless that are kind of weak, simple, fabulous women, and they just go for it with them. And they target that. Do you think they would target these really powerful women? And, you know, they'd be afraid to. Yeah. So women, what's rendering you powerless? What's making you meek? Chances are, in my opinion, is you need the job. Like I said, you need the promotion and you feel like I need it. I'm one paycheck away. And you're just like, please give it to me. Can you imagine what it feel like if you had more money? If you were able to say, F you, are you kidding me? <laughs> so uh, th there's like this adage, uh, like fake it till you make it, right? And yeah. clearly, Susie, at, at this point in your career, you could ask for anything and they would say yes please can I give you more because you're Susie and you know and, and you've built that reputation but what if you were the woman or, or man who was like on the brink of bankruptcy they super needed the job and and they are absolutely being uh prey essentially to whether it's a boss or, or whatever the situation is how do you 
And I don't know if the answer is I'll fake tell you how I'll give you the answer because you mm. obviously don't necessarily know my background. I was raised I, I know on, your background. So you knew I was you knew I was a waitress till I was uh-huh. 30 at the Buttercup Bakery. Yep. Mm. California. You knew that for seven years. Uh-huh. You knew I was making four hundred dollars a month. You knew that I was the first woman that was hired in the office at Merrill Lynch in Oakland. And the manager told me he was going to hire me essentially to fill his women's quota. I already knew that Mm -hmm. kind of. And he told me that women belong barefoot and pregnant. Did you know that? Yep. But but not everyone necessarily knows. And I want you to. All right. So, all right. And so here I am standing in his office. And he's telling me, remember, never had any financial background, don't have a pot to pee in. It's like, I'm like, I want this job. I need this job because the customers at the Buttercup Bakery had lent me $50,000 to open up my own restaurant and a crooked broker at Merrill Lynch lost all of it. Now, I don't have any money to pay them back. So I need this job. And so a man tells me, going to make me barefoot and pregnant, right? And I go, how much are you going to pay me to do that? He's at 1500 a month. He said, but trust me, Susie, I'm going to fire you in six months. Now, because he said he was going to fire me in six months, I already knew that was $9,000, which take me two years to make at the Buttercup Bakery. Now I'm studying to be a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. And the rumor is around that the manager sleeps and the sales manager with every secretary and everybody in there. And I should, that was of the female sex and Mm -hmm. that will be expected of me. This is 1980 and I should expect that. Mm -hmm. So because I already knew I had nothing to lose They told me they were going to fire me. And even though I wanted the job, I didn't need it that much. I went right into his office and I said, listen to me. If you ever approach me in a disrespectful way, I am going to cut your pecker off. Do you understand (laughs) that? Peter Sansvero. And he essentially <laughs> not to say his me. name or anything. I say it every time I can. And I think by now I think I've heard he's dead because I've said it so many times. <laughs> but it's um, you know, so so it's it was like I came from a place of self worth and power, mm. and. And the rest is history. You know, I ended up suing Merrill Lynch while I worked mm-hmm. for them. Got, you know, went on by the time I came to court because I sued them. They couldn't fire me. But I came from a place of power, everybody. So it's your choice in life. I can sit here and talk to you far more powerful today than I was back then. But you have to have self-worth in order to have net worth. And the entire goal of the Women and Money book is to instill you with that, help instill yourselves with those confidence, give you steps for you to take, show you how to face your fears and create new truths so you can have a voice of power and so that you can finally live the life where you can own the power to control your own destiny. You don't have Mm. to be meek. You don't have to be afraid. And you most certainly don't need to feel like you can't handle your money because you most certainly can. In the book, you have this uh, these eight qualities that define a wealthy woman, and yeah. you don't have to give all eight and give away the entire book. But I'm I'm curious of what do you think the strongest qualities are, or what make up those those qualities of yeah, what you the, think a wealthy the, woman is. The strongest, you know, they go harmony, balance, currents, generosity, cleanliness, you know, beauty, wisdom, the whole things, right? Mm. That I can go through here, but yeah. the most important one really is courage. Courage to say what you are thinking 
to do what you are feeling. Courage to speak up for yourself. Courage to say, you know, no out of love for yourself versus yes out of fear of others. Courage to do what's right versus doing what's easy. Courage to always stand in your truth. Courage to know you can have more, but only if you can be more within who you are. Courage to have a conversation with your children that you might not be able to pay for their college education. And if you're out there listening and that's a situation, there is nothing wrong with that. I will forever thank my parents for poverty because of what I saw with money and what I learned, what it's like when you don't have any, is why I stand here in front of you on this microphone today. And so those are the things I know we only have a few seconds left here. So ask me one or two more questions and I got to go boys. Well, let's get, let's talk about the community because I think we, we got a lot of questions mm. from um, our female listeners and I thought that was appropriate for this episode. And there's, we have a lot here, uh, but I guess if I had to choose uh, one, I want to talk about, you know, um, kids specifically. Yeah. So, um, does it make financial sense to stay home with kids because daycare would cost more than a mom would earn or if the damage to her future earnings would sacrifice more financially? Yeah. I would never put money before a child. Mm. You know, I always say people first, then money, then things. And in that situation where daycare costs more than staying home with the child, if you have a choice and you can do that then I would say stay home with the child because money can never replace those years. However, right. if you're in a situation where you are making more than daycare or more than a nanny, mm -hmm. then we have to think about it in terms of what that does in terms of your future. Because you need to be able to make at least enough to also take care of your family, to save money, to put money away for retirement in case anything were to go wrong. So it just depends. But, you know, hopefully you're in a situation where you could stay home. But if you can't, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I always have a saying, if you have too much on your plate, just get a bigger plate. <laughs> I have uh, one question to kind of pull in the divorce piece that you had alluded to earlier from an awesome listener, Diana. Um, if a married person is not the breadwinner of their family, what are some smart financial choices they can make to be prepared in the event of a divorce or a tragedy? Those you unexpected betcha. things, especially yeah. for women being out of the workforce. I got children. it, Andrew. You mm. got one minute to let me answer here, boyfriend. So, sorry. Right. <laughs> sorry. So. God, these boys like to talk a lot. Anyway, yeah. I thought I talked a lot. Oh, my God. It might be so, equal. Maybe. I don't know. So here's the thing, Diana. You should always have your own account with your own money. You should always have your own credit cards. You should absolutely know where every single penny that he or she, because it could be, you know, a female spouse here, um, you know, where all that money is going. You should check your tax returns, your joint tax returns before you sign them. Because if there's any fraud going on, you will be responsible for that fraud. And if you're going to split bills, 
You need to split them in the same percentage, but not equal amounts of money. I will give you an example. Because you just have somebody who's making more money does not mean they should have more power. And if that person feels like they have more power, you are already heading for divorce. Because if somebody thinks money defines them, they're just an idiot. You define your money. So here's the example. He or she brings in $7,000. You bring in $3,000. And you have $3,000 a month jointly expenses. Mainly what people do is they split it. You do $1,500. He or she does $1,500. However, $1,500 is 50% of your money. $1,500 is only 25% of their money. That's not equal. So what you do is you add together the 7000 and the 3000 that's $10,000. You divide that into the 3000 your monthly joint expenses. That's 30%. 30% of $3,000 is $900. 30% of $7,000 is $2,100. There's your $3,000. So it's equal percentages, not equal amounts of money. For those of you who are not married yet, you better think about a prenup. All right, boys, I loved talking to you. Thank you, Susie. Appreciate having you on. All right, listen, we, we want to respect your time, but first I want to thank, before we close things out, I want to thank uh, all of the listeners who sent in their questions. I want to thank Diana, Rebecca, Stephanie, Claire, and and everyone else in the audience uh, who, who reached out via our Facebook post and our community and on, you know, I, I posted it privately on my Facebook community, we posted it in the FinCon community. So uh, I just want to thank everyone who sent in those, those questions. And uh, we weren't able to get to all of them, but I'm glad we got to at least a few of them that were really important. So if you missed anything in this episode, we'll have everything in the show notes. Don't worry about that. Every links, every, to all the stuff everything and... we've talked about, there are going to be listen, money matters. Yep, you can you can either uh, check your preferred podcast app or you can visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show slash show. It's going to be a tough one for me to say. Uh, please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and please tell your friends about it, about this episode. Hey, Susie, Susie Ehrman, Susie Ehrman's here. So uh, point them to your favorite episodes, probably this one, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber too. If you've missed anything in this particular episode or you think we missed anything in this episode, I want you to join the Listen Money Matters community on Facebook so that we can continue the conversation there because this is a very, very big topic and we, we did it in such a short period of time and I, I want to cover this topic more in future episodes. So please get into the Listen Money Matters community and let's talk about it. Let's ask some more questions. Let's get some more guests on around this subject. Just go to listenmoneymatters.com slash community and then I'll take you right to the Facebook community where you can if you're already on Facebook, super easy. And if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of Listen Money Matters, please email us. Our email address is very simple. It's listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And finally, all of the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Susie, thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. And he's done. All right, guys, got to go. Thanks, Talk Susie. to you soon. All right, bye. Thank you so much. Please tell your friends about this show.